Palomia of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast is offering a code for her Like Father Like Daughter trade paperback Kickstarter. If you comment hashtag legendary ladies on the Kickstarter and back up the project at any level, you can pick up a free comic from their store, which has about 50 titles. To back this Kickstarter, visit supergirlradio.com and click on Kickstarter at the top right side of the page. If you are able, please support this creative endeavor from one of our own at DCTV Podcasts. Radio Rebirth, your source for the DC comic series called Supergirl Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Lennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 18, which was written by Steve Orlando and Jody Hauser, with art penciled by Robson Rocha and Carmen Carnero, inked by Daniel Enrique and Carmen Carnero, and colored by Michael Attia. The description for this issue reads, quote, plain side finale. Director Bones and the DEO put innocent lives at risk when they unleash a psychotic alien on the national city solstice semi-formal. That's a lot of words. Ooh. With the hopes <laughs> of exposing Supergirl. With the alien claiming the only way the Earth can stay pure is to eradicate Supergirl, Kara finds herself pushed to the edge and forced not to stay silent anymore. Supergirl must finally stand as the hero National City needs, unquote. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this was a finale. I mean, I think it had all the things that you would think of when you think about a story sort of wrapping up a little bit. Uh, so, uh, Morgan, uh, in terms of the uh, introduction of the, I guess, villain of this issue who, who sort of brings the conflict uh, is a character who I think is calling herself the evolutionist. Um, so what did you think about this new character? She comes in, she causes a little bit of trouble, and then she's like, okay, great conversation, and uh, I'm going to leave. <laughs> good, good talk. Good talk, good talk. Gave me some things to think about. Uh, we'll reconvene at another time. <laughs> That's basically the summary of what the evolutionist did in this issue. So, Morgan, uh, what did you think about getting to meet this character? Yeah, I thought that the that the character actually brought up some like interesting ideas and interesting stuff. Um, the idea that Supergirl might be changing their society by being there, that she might like be making them too reliant on her um, and sort of changing things. Um, and maybe she thinks it's for the better, but it could also be for the worse. Uh, I thought that there was definitely a, uh, an interesting angle that they were uh, taking there. Um, and I liked that the way that it sort of resolved itself was that the evolutionists saw that Supergirl, in fact, was the one who was really being more changed by the experience of being on Earth 
than maybe Earth was um, by having Supergirl there because um, Kara was sort of learning Earth customs and being a little bit less Kryptonian and sort of adapting to Earth versus um, versus Earth being so fundamentally changed by Supergirl. And I think the backstory was really interesting. The idea of like these, um, what were they called? These missionaries that sort of arrived on the planet um, and they were there to do good stuff. But the, also they brought a terrible disease uh, that wiped out like basically everybody. Uh, so I, I thought it was an interesting idea that like even though you think you might be doing something that's good, you could still be, you know, changing things um, for the worse. And you shouldn't always think that, you know, better than like a different culture. But I think that Supergirl showed that she's like, I'm actually learning a lot from being here and I'm not trying to change anything. So I thought that was a, it was definitely an interesting perspective. I did think that the, the timeline of that battle was very compressed. And then she just kind of goes like good talk and leave, (laughs) which felt like a very twilight thing, a very twilight ending to that, (laughs) to that particular conflict, but okay. Yeah. It was neat to learn more about her motivation and her backstory. I, I, I do think the parallel between the, I guess the Zagor missionaries, uh, Zagor, Zagor, however, again, uh, these are comics, (laughs) However you want to pronounce it um, is up to you. I guess I'm going to go Zagor. That sounds a little more alien to me. Um, I guess you could make the parallel between these Zagor missionaries and Supergirl that they have. They both had good intentions, but maybe they come with a consequence. But I also didn't really think that the evolutionist had fully thought that out with Supergirl. I And I think maybe this could be a writing thing that maybe they could have further explained it so I would fully connect the dots. Um, Even though I'm I'm a person who, when I read things or watch a movie or a TV show or something, I don't need you to hold my hand, but there are some times when I feel like maybe you could go another extra step because I don't know why she thinks that Supergirl is such a danger to society. (laughs) I know, exactly. Has she been watching the news when Supergirl sort of flipped out with her powers after that whole Fatal Five thing, is that why she thinks Supergirl is a danger? I, I, I don't fully understand how she connected that instance from her past to what's going on with Supergirl now, but I guess I can go with it. But I think that uh, that resolution that you mentioned where the evolutionists realized that, oh, Supergirl is actually being changed and made better because of her interaction with humanity that that really sold me on it. I wasn't really buying it with the whole like, oh, Supergirl's toxic to the world and uh, the evolutionist has to come in and save the world from Supergirl's toxic influence. I was like, mm, I don't really buy that part of it. But I think it it landed for me in a good place with that resolution where Supergirl was like, actually, no, I'm not changing them. They're changing me. And I, I thought that, that was a really cool thing to do so it's sort of I sort of went with it because I liked the way that 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 ended up um but I did I did like to learn more about this character's background because I don't think I think this is a new character for the comics I tried to look up and find some stuff on the evolutionist and I could not find anything yeah I was wondering that too as always I was like is this something I like that has a deep 
DC history, or is this just a is this just a was it star shame? Yeah, are we having a star shame situation here? I think star shame and the evolutionist are being introduced as new villains for Supergirl, and I think that's great. I think it's cool to get more characters in her you know rogues gallery, if you will. So I think I think that's actually a really a positive step in the mythology of Supergirl to add some of these characters. So I'm pretty sure that the evolutionist is a new character that she. Um, she says she came from a world more advanced than Krypton and that her society had evolved, hence the name, the evolutionist, past the petty squabbles that, that uh, uh, wrecked their history. And uh, everything was good up until these Zagor missionaries came in and uh, their people had this debate over what to do with these pe- these missionaries because these missionaries didn't come with the intent to harm them. It just happened that the pathogens in their bodies were deadly to their people. So uh, that debate over what to do with these people led to a civil war. And uh, the evolutionist was a scientist. Uh, so that plays into the whole evolution part, I guess, of the character's history. Um, so there were some cool things that I think were introduced in terms of the evolutionist in in, in the background of the character and tying it into the name. So there was there was an attempt to actually fully form the background. I just don't know that I bought into the motivation in terms of why she had a, a beef with Supergirl that was so heavy that she had to <laughs> interrupt the school dance. Yeah, and I, I think that there's a, a line either in this issue or in the last issue where they're like, and the next person who's like, who's coming after Supergirl, they don't need any like false memories. And then it was just like, there's no real beef here. Like, it's not like a long standing feud or anything. And I think it's just more of a misunderstanding than it is anything. The evolutionist by the end of it is like, oh, okay, well, then never mind. I'll talk to you later. And that's kind of how <laughs> that, <laughs> that ends up. And, uh, but that, that, doesn't, uh, that doesn't keep her from causing a lot of destruction and chaos at the school dance. So, um, so what did you think about what was going on at the, at, at the dance? Because Kara and Ben, there's some stuff that progresses their relationship in this issue. Uh, so what did you think about uh, what was going on the, uh, at the dance and then what maybe happens after the dance? So after we sort of get back to the fallout from the dance, which is just like, I guess it's ruined now. <laughs> hope, you, <laughs> hope you enjoyed that five minutes of dance time. Uh, I also really liked the, uh, so I think the, pat, what issue is this? It's page five where Kara decides to go and like, I have to find a place to, to change. And she changes in the photo booth and there's like a big stream of her photos. Yeah. I love of her changing. It's, it's so good. It's very like, I don't know. It's like reminded me of like a very Sailor Moon esque where you see like the entire thing of her changing. <laughs> had, had you forgotten that she changes her appearance with the glasses because that was something that happened that was introduced a while back in rebirth i had indeed forgotten that entirely (laughs) so when i saw her take off the glasses and suddenly her hair starts to go blonde i was like huh yeah (laughs) and then later in the issue speaking of like the car and and ben thing when they she wakes up with him on the beach um, and she's got blonde hair. I was so confused. And I realized, oh, it's because her glasses are off. And then she puts her glasses back on and she immediately goes brunette again. And I was like, well, they're hitting that hard, uh, even though I had 
hadn't remembered at all that that was part of her whole deal. Yeah, that that came into play in a big way in this issue. <laughs> it came back with a vengeance in this issue. <laughs> if you had forgotten, you would remember pretty quickly, and it played a really key part. And I actually really liked that panel of Ben and Kara on the beach with their glasses off. Um, maybe even more so. I, I mean, I thought the, the the big page where they have their first kiss, it, I mean, it's beautiful. It's it's a, a great work of art. I, I think it's uh, really pretty to look at. But I think for me, uh, I connected more on an emotional level with that next page, with that panel at the top on page 19, where they have their glasses off, because I think that says so much about them finally connecting on a level where they don't have to hide behind secret identities you know um ben is not ben is just kind of uh going with trying to pursue his you know i think he finally committed to i have feelings for Kara. maybe maybe belinda was his friend or whatever i guess they tried to play up the love triangle i don't know if that fully existed was that a thing or was that (laughs) i feel like they didn't really commit to it either way yeah so i guess you could say with his issue like he he finally committed to who he really liked in this whole situation so he was able to be himself and then Kara is able to be herself because um, she's with Ben. She feels comfortable with Ben, and she um, takes Eliza's advice from the previous issue to pursue a little bit of her own happiness, and she really likes Ben, and so she's using this time to have fun and be with someone she likes, and so uh, she has her glasses off there as well, and I think it plays into what we talk about sometimes on this the CW Supergirl TV series where when Kara is having a big emotional moment, she'll take her glasses off and she's, you know, her real self when she does that. So I thought that that was actually a really nice little panel that for me, it said so much more than just, oh, they slept on the beach together. It actually, for me, had a a much more emotional reaction that that was gotten out of me from the story just just with that one panel so I I really liked that yeah I like that as well I thought that that was that was very very sweet and I also really liked the panel I think it's like the page right before the uh the kiss where they're slow dancing on the beach I thought that was very cute that was great and again I think it uh it sort of reflects the dance a little bit that there's this this starlight in the in the background that they're among the stars and so i thought that that was really cool especially for you know for ben to be dancing with an alien and he doesn't really know it um, <laughs> at this point uh to to be dancing out among the stars i thought i thought was a nice touch and there's a a nice big full moon there um and i i think it's also a nice uh contradiction maybe with them wearing those really nice formal clothes and they're on the beach probably getting um, you know, covered in sand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that's a, a nice way to do that. that. They were comfortable enough to with each other to to do that. Um, my question for you, Morgan, is because I was trying to think about this for myself. Uh, we're we're eighteen issues into this thing. Do you think that they really earned the Ben Cara romance by this point? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like. What we are 18 issues, right? This is yes. issue 18. Right. Um, I feel like 18 issues is, is actually kind of a lot of issues. Um, and I feel like their relationship was still at this point, like very kind of surface. Like we knew that they were friends and they talked sometimes at Catco 
And that's like the most I got. Like they kind of respected each other because they're both smart. And uh, it was it, it was becoming obvious in these last couple issues. What with the maybe love triangle, but probably not even uh, <laughs> that Ben had some feelings for Kara and she might reciprocate. But I just feel like the whole thing, despite this being a through line for 18 issues, just felt like a little bit fast all of a sudden. Um, and, but I think that some of that is a, is a victim to the fact that this series is much more focused on Supergirl than it is on Cara Danvers. And so we don't get a lot of Cara Danvers, so we don't actually have a lot of time to learn about her relationship with Ben. I am actually going to agree with you, and it actually kind of makes me feel better to know that, that you think that way. Uh, because I've, I felt bad thinking, well, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really sweet. Like I like the stuff with the, the dance and the beach and, and the kiss and everything. And it's, it's really sweet. It's, it's very nice as a, as you know, I'm an old fashioned romantic. I, I love that kind of stuff, but I also don't know that I totally bought into like, and, and Ben even, you know, he has this, he has this, uh, thing he says to her about how he thinks Kara is more of an inspiration than Supergirl. Super sweet. I'm glad that they put that in there. I think that's a great for the character of Kara to hear that, you know, she can be herself and still inspire people and, and be even as much of a hero as her Supergirl part of herself is, um, but he talks about how, well, Car fights for what she wants in school and at work and she doesn't back, back down. And I was like, that's really nice of you to say, but I don't know that I've seen all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree too. When he, he was talking about how Car Danvers is more inspirational than Supergirl. I feel like not only have we not really, have we not really earned Ben saying that to her because we don't really know the scope of their relationship, but I'm not even sure we've earned like the comic saying that about Cara Danvers because I just feel like we haven't even really gotten enough of Cara Danvers to like really agree with that sentiment. Like sure. She seems cool and, and smart and great, but we haven't seen a lot of examples of her doing stuff. Yeah. The only thing other than uh, working with Ben at Catco, the only other thing is uh, that we've seen of her at school is that, We've seen that some of the other kids make fun of her because uh, they think she's weak, which is pretty funny because she's Supergirl and she's super strong. <laughs> Irony. Uh, <laughs> um, so there's that. They they know her as this girl who created a sinkhole. Um, what else? Uh, uh, I, th- I think that's kind of it that that Kara is known for at school. We don't know of any instances where Kara has made a difference at the school, that she's impacted somebody else's life. So that I didn't think, I, I thought it was a nice sentiment that Kara realizes that she can be just as much an inspiration as Supergirl can. But I don't think that that was really earned in terms of what we've seen in, in these issues. So that, that kind of... Um, took some of the the Ben Carr romance down for me a little bit, even though I thought it was really nice. I, I don't think it was solid, I guess, is what I'm trying to communicate. Um, but uh, I'm excited to see where this goes because this is now for the first time, I think Kara actually s- sort of experiencing maybe some kind of happiness on Earth. Um, so that's that's really nice to see from a Supergirl Kara perspective. Um, and... What else was I going to ask you about? Oh, um, 
And for the last couple of issues, we've seen uh, DEO agent Ocampo uh, at the school. She's trying to figure out Supergirl's secret identity because she knows that Supergirl is at that school. And she (laughs) thinks that she has figured it out. Why do you think that she thinks Belinda is Supergirl? I don't see. I'm not 100% sure. We do have a panel in... I can't remember if it was this issue or the last issue where Belinda complains that she had to talk to Agent Ocampo for like a hundred years. <laughs> and like she's like, I'm so tired. I was just in there for three hours. Um, so I do think that she's kind of got a list narrowed down to like new people who are smart, perhaps. Uh, and uh, you would think the car would be a little higher up on that list. But um, I guess Belinda sort of struck her as somebody who maybe was hiding something but i did it was one of my favorite parts of the whole issue where she like turns to belinda she's like why won't you why aren't you doing anything and belinda's like what are you talking about (laughs) what do you want me to do oh that that made me laugh a lot like that that kind of like just like funny humor where she's like, why? Uh, I know you can stop her. And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what gives you that impression? Um, yeah. I just have a lot of questions about Ocampo and what she thinks she knows, because does she think that Belinda is a shapeshifter as well as being Supergirl? Um, <laughs> did agent Ocampo know about Supergirl's abilities at the DO? Like would she have known that's, did she think Supergirl was a shapeshifter? I guess is my question. Um, because Belinda does not look like Supergirl. So she would have had to have some kind of special abilities to do that. So I'm wondering, does the DEO think that she's a shape? Like, I'm really confused about what the DEO knows now. So uh, I, I'm very curious about why Agent Ocampo has come down on this Belinda is Supergirl train of thought. Uh, but I guess... Maybe this reaction from Belinda at the dance is going to put a chink in that theory, and she's going to have to rethink that a little bit. So, yeah, I was I was kind of uh, laughing about that as well because I was like, how did she come to this conclusion? Um, but her theory is not panning out because Belinda <laughs> was like, um, I'm going to leave because this is a super dangerous situation that we are in right now. So we'll have to see what Agent Ocampo does in the future. Um, So in terms of the art here in Supergirl number 18, Morgan, did you have any favorite panels or pages that really stuck out to you? Uh, I liked that first sort of the page five where we have the Supergirl transforming. Remember her glasses thing. <laughs> and we have, we have Ocampo yelling at Belinda to like fix everything. And she's like, what? <laughs> uh, that was one of my favorite panels. I also really liked the panel on page. Oh uh, no. What page am I on? Um, on page eight where we get the background of the evolutionists and uh, we sort of see a little bit of that society. I thought that was really cool. Uh, there was actually a lot of like really cool pages and panels in this one. Uh, I obviously really love the slow dance and the the kiss panel. Uh, so yeah, I thought that there was a lot of good stuff in this in this issue. Yeah, uh, I had a lot of love for the last the last couple of issues have really um, it, once we got past the weird butt shots in, <laughs> in some of those issues, I think the art has picked up. We've had a, we've had a 
uh, an improvement in the art, in, in my opinion. So I've, I've been really liking these last two issues. Um, I love... I know we don't talk about covers much on Supergirl Radio Rebirth, but this cover for Supergirl number 18, I love it so much. It's like a shadowy figure of Director Bones hovering over Supergirl in a dark alley, and I want to blow it up poster size and hang it on my wall. I love it so much. Uh, so I, I shout out to the the cover on this one. Um, and I always really like it when Carmen Carnero is drawing Supergirl. I was missing her for a, a good while there. And so I always love it when she comes back. She's she's done a couple of uh, Supergirl stories and issues that we've covered here on Supergirl Radio. So I love it when she comes back. Um, there is um, on page five. Let me go to it. I've read it in my notes, but let me actually pull it up so I remember what. Um, so page five really stuck out to me because when you look at it as a as a whole, um, it just, it makes me think of, this is what Kara is seeing at the dance. Like, this is her perspective. This is the chaos that she's seeing. And trying to think about it from Kara's perspective, she's in this dangerous situation where chaos is happening. Everybody's running and screaming, probably. And she's trying to survey the damage that's going on and, and the, the villain who has shown up and what she has to make a decision about what to do about it. And so I kind of like seeing these insights into what Kara has to do when she's put in these situations. So I really liked that. Um, page 11, we get a super clap, which I thought was awesome. We've gotten a couple of super, uh, uh, we can't, we got a super clap on the show and I'm trying to remember if we got, I think we got a super snap before in rebirth, but I think this is our first super clap. So that was really cool. I enjoyed that. Um, one of the things that I thought really stood out to me about the art in this issue in particular um, on page 20, which is at the very end of the issue, um, I thought page 20 did such a good job of ratcheting up the tension because Shay, Dr. Veritas, is putting the pieces together about Mokari and uh, page 21 reveals Makari to her and and she's like she's trying to put the pieces together of who Dr. Director Bones is working with and on page 21 you get that big reveal with a full page um showing him coming to her to threaten her and it's kind of a life or death situation I think for Shay at this point yeah it seems bad I don't know what's going to happen for her is it to her is Makari going to kill her I don't know but I thought page 20 did such a good job between all those panels like I just kind of felt like oh things are building something is going to happen and then page 21 happens and it's like oh crap the bad guy showed up he's got some kind of gun pointing at her what is going to happen? I'm very concerned about her now. I kind of didn't care as much. Uh, I hate to say this. This sounds terrible. But Shay, I could have kind of come or gone with you. I didn't really care. But now I really care about what's going to happen to this character because I'm actually really scared for her life. So um, those two pages, I thought, did such a good job of making me care about her situation when, when I previously had not. <laughs> I thought that was something to point out because I thought it ended on a really great cliffhanger. And uh, so that was exciting for me personally. Um, so in terms of the overall thoughts that you might have on Supergirl number 18, what did you think? Um, I liked this issue a lot. I thought that we had some uh, some cool villains. Not No director Bones, which is a minus, <laughs> but he was on the cover. So I'll give him a, 
a plus for that. <laughs> um, there was a dance. It got destroyed. That's fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, we we learned about a villain, and then they uh, just kind of shook hands and left, and that was kind of a weird battle. Uh, and then we end it with a like a nice romantic uh, date on the beach, which was really sweet, and I liked it a lot, and was not earned at all. So <laughs> I give I give this issue two enthusiastic thumbs up. That uh, that really sums it up. I don't know that I can top that uh, rundown of the issue, but the last two issues I think have done a really good job of mixing action and romance and mystery. Uh, for me, that has really worked really well. And especially in Supergirl 18, I thought um, I was invested in pretty much everything. I was invested in the evolutionists. Uh, evolutionists. <laughs> That's really hard to say. Say that more than once. <laughs> the possession of the evolutionist. Ooh, the evolutionist. <laughs> the evolutionist. The uh, let's let's break this down. The I was very invested in the backstory of the evolutionist uh, because there was some interesting things going on there. I was invested in the romance between Kara and Ben, even though I do agree that it wasn't fully earned, like I maybe would have wanted it to be. Uh, but that's uh, how they've gone about it. And I was surprisingly very interested in what was going to happen with Shay. Um, they've kind of been teasing out that Cameron Chase is with Lauren, the hot Kryptonian werewolf, who is mm -hmm. apparently <laughs> trying to better himself by learning to read. And they <laughs> he is, I feel like he's reading that, uh, that con like con Mari book. And he's like, just like taking things and being like, does this spark joy? <laughs> <laughs> so we know that Cameron Chase and, and Lauren have been kind of keeping in touch with Dr. Veritas. So I don't know if maybe they're, maybe they're going to come in and save the day when Makari is, uh, trying to attack her. I don't know, but I'm very excited to see what might happen because I'm very uh, nervous for Shay. So I was surprisingly very interested and invested in the ending cliffhanger. So uh, I would also give this issue to enthusiastic thumbs up. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number 18. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl, oh no. I, I hit a button and went to the top of the oh, Google Doc. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, let's end. We're back. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number 18 is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. If you would like to contact Supergirl... Ooh, I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> oh, no. Oh, let's see if it'll stay with me till the end of the plugs. I, I would hate to uh, make Morgan read all of the plugs. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so if you'd like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, so you can listen to us there. We also have a playlist on Spotify that includes music featured on the CW Supergirl TV series. Uh, we are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we are also available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, and Classic 
DC TV shows. You can subscribe to DC TV Podcast on Apple Podcasts and follow at DC TV Podcast on Twitter and like DC TV Podcast on Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter at Derby Kid. And you can also follow me on Instagram at The Derby Kid. And uh, you can watch videos over uh, at YouTube that I've uh, created and shot and edited. Uh, you can find that at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I am a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com. Uh, I've been uh, talking mostly about Wonder Woman over there, but occasionally you might uh, hear my voice uh, talking about Justice League. So still covering Wonder Woman and Justice League at JLU Podcast. And if you want to hear some voice acting from me, which, uh, you know, could come or go uh, with, uh, with that attempt. But if you want to hear a fun, a, uh, a fun sketch comedy show, you can subscribe to a podcast called The Fakest that I uh, contribute to, uh, where I play the producer for KCOM Studios named Leanne. She is a kind of new to the fake news industry. And uh, she's trying to deal with the chaos that happens at KCOM Studios. And there's a lot of chaos. <laughs> there sure is, including Evil Cats. <laughs> evil Cats. Great episode. Everyone should check it out. Um, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram. At, I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. I'm also a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We'll do an episode. <laughs> Sometime. Uh, that's our motto, and we're going to deliver on that at some point in the future. <laughs> we have not yet determined when our next episode will be, but we did just have uh, a couple weeks ago a live episode, so that's on the feed. You should check that out. And uh, speaking of the fakest, uh, I might have also provided a voice or two um, to that podcast so if you're interested in hearing rebecca do some like really great acting and then me do some really mediocre mediocre acting then you should check that out well i my goal is to get as many people from dc tv podcasts on the fakest as possible i'm just i think we're gonna do it i think we're doing this <laughs> I'm, re- I'm recruiting everyone i know um, so yeah, that's uh, definitely uh, something you should check out. Check out Morgan in her uh, her acting. I, is is it a debut? Have you done acting before? No, this is this is my voice acting debut. Voice acting debut. Check it out on the Fakest. Um, and I also, if you if you're taking T-shirt uh, suggestions for the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, always I would buy a T-shirt so fast it said Legends of Tomorrow podcast colon. We'll do an episode. That would be a good one. I think I think people would really enjoy that because, I mean, it tells you who we are and it tells you what we're maybe going to do at some point. <laughs> I mean, we can maybe play with the wording of it a little bit. We're going to workshop it. I think we can make that work into a T-shirt that uh, I would definitely buy. Uh, so we'll maybe try to work on that for the uh, DCTV podcast T Public Store, which we should mention we have a link on supergirlradio.com. So if you want some cool merch for uh, any of the DC TV shows on the CW, we've pretty much curated an entire store that has all of that cool stuff in it. So uh, if you like Bebo, if you like world killer uh, imagery, if you like Supergirl S shields, if you like flash stuff, arrow stuff, DC uh, TV classics. We got some of that. We've got some Batman 66. We've got Batman beyond. We've got some, Oh, what else do we have? We've got Krypton stuff. We've got Titan stuff. So much stuff. You should check it out. I've, uh, personally purchased, uh, a couple of things, uh, because, uh, I love it. So hopefully you will love it too. 
We also have a Snap Judgment shirt. So good. So you can go to supergirlradio.com and check out the link to the Tee Public Store, and you can find all of our merch there. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. So thanks for joining us as we read Supergirl Rebirth. (laughs) 